0: You're listening to a 3CR podcast, created in the studios of Independent Community Radio Station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews3 crorgau Dawn allocated to all the bicycle riders in. Bicycle rider, bicycle rider. At the bike rider by cry at the bike. Good morning and welcome to this week's edition of the Yarra Bicycle Users Group radio program for Monday the 25th of April. Bit of a slow start to the day with the Anzac Day holiday, but it's absolutely glorious out there. The roads are almost um, empty of those uh, other objects that we share them with. You should get out there for a roll today because it's absolutely glorious out there in Melbourne. Beautiful, clear blue sky. The weather's just really, really mild. And uh, yeah, I think I'll be getting out today if I'm not just repairing one of my other bikes. But on today's show, as mentioned on uh, the time I was previous on, we're going to be paying respect to uh, Alan Parker OAM, and he was one of... uh, Victoria's first bicycle advocates. He passed away on Easter Monday, and this is an interview I did with him back in 2013. And I'm going to play a selection of some of his favourite music. He was a huge Joan Baez fan, and I've actually got some really interesting stuff to do with. Um, he was involved with the campaign for nuclear disarmament, disarmament in Scotland, so I've got some interesting music there as well. It was just interesting to note um, some of the stuff that he did because. It was actually you know, him and Keith Dunstan were like the founders of some of the stuff that you're probably writing on today or it's been based upon um, ideas of um, Alan's. And this, this interview I did with him in 2013 was part of a much longer interview. And if you knew Alan, he could talk. At great length and an incredibly good detail as well. This is part of probably an interview. I've got almost about an hour and a half of content. So, what I'm thinking of doing, I was kind of going through this over the last few weeks, is putting this out as a podcast. I think I'm probably on SoundCloud, putting a bit more uh, production into it with some more anecdotes about Alan. Alan um, just passed away two days short of his 80th birthday, but 40 years ago, probably. He was one of the leading um, movers and shakers to get stuff happening in Melbourne. And uh, he was kind of very much involved with the formation of the Bicycle Institute of Victoria in uh, 1974, instigated by Brian, w- Brian Wilson, why have I got Beach Boys on the brain? No, Brian Dixon, MP from the Victorian government of the time. He was for Youth Sport and Recreation. And he brought together a group of bicycle advocates, including Keith Dunstan. To help form um, the BIV, Dunstan went on to become the founding president of the Barcaldine Institute of Victoria, and that was during Rupert Hamer's Rupert Hamer's government. I've got a lot of um, anecdotes and different things I can share about Alan. A little bit more to do with Alan coming up at a later point with a project that I'm working on, but probably hear a bit more about that probably the next couple of months. I'm just going to get into playing a little bit of some tunes of Alan that absolutely loved, and I'll give you a really interesting anecdote to why he was a huge Joan Baez fan. Okay, it's going to go to a break, and I'll be back in a moment. Come and join Melbourne's top musicians as they show their support for human rights. The concert, Fearless Music features political, protest and freedom songs written by the world's best fearless songwriters. Singers include Ross Wilson, Stephen Cummings, Cash Savage, Liz Stringer, Mark Seymour, Jane Clifton, Rob Snarsky, Sean Kelly and Lisa Miller. Fearless Music, Sunday May the 8th at 3pm at the Mimo Music Hall in St Kilda. Book tickets now at memomusichall.com.au sponsored by Liberty Victoria. A three CR supporter. How many roads must that was the unmistakable voice of Joan Baez. The reason why I played that was one of Alan's favourite songs. There was a beautiful anecdote that Doreen Parker, uh, Alan's wife, said at his memorial service. Alan was heavily involved with the CND uh, in Scotland during the 1960s. And this is before they moved out to Australia, was... He got arrested during one of the protests and there was a group of people who were arrested during this this um, demonstration he was involved with. and he wanted to be tried as a political prisoner. but invariably the judge saw things a different way, so they ended up doing a bit of time as prisoners. But uh, Jean Baez was playing a series of concerts in the UK at the time. and if I get this anecdote right, she dedicated one of her concerts to the, I think, three or four people that were involved with Alan who were in prison at the time. So after that, Joan Baez became Alan's favourite singer, for, and I could understand that. So anyway, I'm going to go into the interview proper with Alan, and here he's starting off talking about the early days, and we're talking about 1972 to 1973, of starting cycling you know, advocacy and plans and working with the government and working up to getting the Bicycle Institute of Victoria going.
1: It starts off with um, the Minister for Youth, Sport and Recreation, Brian Dixon. Now, Brian gives two invitations to people to form the State Bicycle Committee Yep. me and Keith Dunstan, and then a bunch of these bloody great, big, retired racing cyclists. You know how they get about that big. <laughs> <laughs> seen them. We had a, a meeting and then Ron Shepherd. nobody invited him, he just turned up and, and insisted that um, he got something to offer so Ron was in, uh, which was really good because um, following on from the three, uh, three of us, our involvement quite a lot happened. Now the Minister Brian Dixon you see he wanted a bike plan for the whole of Melbourne and of course he went to cabinet, didn't he? And guess what the Vic said? No way, Brian. However, we know that two or three of us will go along with it. We're going to give you a trial bike plan in Geelong, a full scale one. And, you know, Keith and I, and we were all in favour for this. And then we found out what the consultants, not the consultants, what the Ministry of Transport then, or the Department of Transport, what they'd actually done. They'd written a brief, you see. And what the brief was, just for some off-road bike paths. That's all. So anyway, I phoned up, well, one afternoon, Keith phones me here and says, um, um, Brian Dixon wants you and me uh, to go and meet with him because um, it, you made some rude, no- rude noises or something for the previous situation. I said okay, so I explained to Keith what we were going to say to the minister. Well, the first thing we said to Brian Dixon, well, the first thing we need is we need bicycle education for the kids, primary and secondary school bike programs, because the real road accident problem, as far as children are concerned, of all ages, not it's not the girls, it's the boys. Mm. You know, they were the they were the real problem.
0: So what what um, timeline, I think, was early 70s, mid-70s? With, with this? this was 72,
1: 73? It was about 72, 73. In here I've got a reference to it somewhere, but I can't remember it. it mm. I might be in there, but I think it was 72. And by the time we'd had a... You see, the thing that happened with the... Um, once we'd got this state committee, state bicycle committee, the other thing they decided to do was to set up an organisation called Bicycle Victoria. Now, what was, that was very convenient for me because I was in the Town and Country Planning Association and we just produced a new constitution. And what they wanted was to have a new constitution for Bicycle Victoria, modus operandi and, you know, you name it, kind of subcommittees and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So they gave me a uh, great sum of a hundred bucks a week for three months to produce this thing, which is what I did. Of course, then I gave. I said, Keith, you better sort this out. And he said, don't worry, don't worry. I know all about your typos. So um, anyway, it worked out quite well. And Brian Dixon convened a meeting. And I can't remember where the first... Um, formation meeting was. It could have been up in the Ministry of Transport. I got no, no correction of it. So anyway, we got the Bicycle Institute of Victoria set up and we had Ron Shepherd running um, the education thing and uh, a guy called James Taylor, who was a medical student at the time, he'd been to Edinburgh in Scotland and trained as a, a general accident specialist. So anyway, James Taylor was um, he wanted to look after uh, safety. Mm. That was his thing. Me and another two or three other people like did a whole series of things about bicycle helmets, bicycle lights. I got four half pages uh with a journalist in in the Herald Sun. And uh, we did bicycle helmets and then we did bicycle safety devices, you know for illumination at night time, reflectors, all this kind of stuff. And we got into all of that. Anyway, James Taylor was kind of sent me this email and said, um, Alan, he said, I'm very interested in, in you. Uh, I got a copy of one of your papers, but remember when we were on the, in Bicycle Victoria what we were doing? So I sent him a long email and went through all the old stuff that I got and just reminded him about all the good things we did. I had a look at the original. Email he sent me, and he says, Alan, I remember you in bicycle Victoria. I was just a student, and the, the exact wording was, you lit my fire. You lit my fire.
0: <laughs> You're listening to 3CR radio. Yes, you are indeed listening to 3CR. You're listening to Yarra Bicycle Users Group Radio on Community Radio 3CR. Anyway, I'm just going to go into a song now. Uh, it was it was played specially, Fallon, during his funeral service, and it's, it's uh, called Ding Dong Dollar. It's um from a whole selection of songs that were written in the early 60s were anti-Polaris and Scottish Republican songs. This is by the Glasgow Song Guild, and it's basically in protest about the American submarine that um, sailed into the holy lock during the the early 1960s and the anti Polara singers started a movement with music at its core and this as I mentioned earlier Alan was heavily involved with the campaign for nuclear disarmament in the early 60s before uh, Doreen his wife and um, him traveled out overland to Australia which a lot of people did in the 60s and 70s was travel overland to Australia you're you're absolutely going to love this this is ding dong Dollar.
1: You can't e- spend a dollar when you're dead. No, you can't e- spend a dollar when you're dead. Singing, ding dong, dollar, everybody holler. You can't e- spend a dollar when you're dead. Oh, the Yanks have just dropped anchor.
0: And wasn't that a little bit special? That was uh, Ding Dong Dollar. And as I was mentioning, it was about the nuclear disarmament campaigns that were happening all through Europe and the UK during the 1960s. And Alan was part of that, very much so in Scotland. I'll go into the next part of the interview with Alan. And this is kind of like leading on from the se- the first part, kind of Getting into today's problems as well, what is wrong, you know, we, we actually touched upon this a month ago when Steve and I did a critique on what's wrong with cycling advocacy in, in Victoria. Alan kind of continues on with the theme of, you know, how um, things started in Victoria and a little bit about modern day organisations and how things kind of could go a little bit better.
1: With the Geelong bike plan, right, we've got it, okay, it was agreed to. That's where Keith came in then. What he started to do is he said, Alan, you've got to go with me. And he, he knew everybody in Melbourne. He carted me in and let me put the boot in to six or seven state cabinet members. I'm not kidding. And one or two of them were very, very sympathetic at this thing because the other thing that Brian Dixon had got for him And they were very reluctant because of the bicycle safety issue. Brian Dixon, who got through the seatbelt legislation. That was the big thing, and they knew it. And so, you know, he got that through. And then at Melbourne Melbourne Town Hall, um, Rupert Hamer uh, gave a speech uh, with an upcoming election. And he said, we've because we moved from Geelong, we, we did... It took four, five or six years to do the Melbourne Bike Plan itself, but the first stage of it was done in the Bayside area. They're called Stage One. I got all that stuff, and Rupert Hamer promised that the Melbourne Bike Plan would be complete, and he expected that in ten years' time it would be complete. Oh. ho, ho! He meant it too, but what got in the way? It's called bloody Vic Roads, and people f- frightened to put the boot into Vic Roads. That was a problem. Wasn't
0: there something from John Forrester as well to do with this?
1: Yeah, there was. What happened was John Forrester. I knew about him. I got his original booker here somewhere. Yeah, yeah. I I sent. I got. Done, um, Don O'Neill, the engineer down at um, the Geelong bike plan. I got him to send a copy of that Geelong bike plan. And we got this fantastic letter from uh, John Forrester saying, this is the bike plan which I've never seen in America because they were were bloody ropey in America in terms of bike planning, apart from Davis in California and a couple of places like that, you know. And he got this fantastic letter and he said, this is the bike plan that I dreamed of having in America. It is fantastic. The only one thing he didn't like. (laughs) 40 kilometre an hour residential speed limit. (laughs) That's the only thing he didn't like. But he didn't mention it in that letter, which was... Don Henel would have... uh, He, he, by this time, was the chairman of the State Bicycle Committee because Brian Dixon uh, was doing something else. You know, things were really going well, really going well, uh, at a political level. Um, And you can see the Melbourne Bike Plan, the original one, there were 40,000 engineering projects Anything from boggy drains, right the way through to a half a kilometre length of bike path, which might cost a million or something, and those drains could be for a couple of hundred. But you'll notice the um, the drain that we got in was the um, uh, like a crisscross pattern. It was really funny because we got quite a lot done, but uh, the problem was. They employed, you know, consultants from outside to do the bike plan and mm. then you went through it and, you know, and you only got so much done.
0: What do you think the issue is with, we keep get on getting this replication of the same issues over and over again. Do you think it's failure to educate the next generation coming through or is it a power thing with bureaucracy? It's, it's a funny one. It's
1: a last, it's a... There's a lot more leadership now at, at both local government level. and You've seen what happened with Melbourne City Council. Yeah. And, uh, and even in Vic Roads, there was, a, a you know, recently a group in there. But, you know, for about 20-odd years. Um, I wrote an article for um, Opinion Online, I don't know whether you...
0: Yeah, know. I do know the one you're talking about.
1: Yeah, well, um, they gave me an article of 1,500 words, you know. And I said, the real problem with the Melbourne bike plan was in the early days when Vic Rhodes had got the job of doing some work on it, they didn't want to know about it. And the directors of Vic Rhodes hadn't got the intelligence to understand it. You know, look at doctors. They get a problem like James Davy, He goes off and studies under a specialist in another country. And that's what doctors do. They, they go off to Europe, the rest of it. Why didn't they get three or four bright civil engineering graduates, send them up to the Netherlands, leave them up there for six weeks, produce a technical report, and then get a senior manager who's prepared to implement it? Yes. But you see, I mean, when I, when I was in the Netherlands, Christ, that's a long, long time ago. Uh, you know, the Dutch were light years ahead. You couldn't quite believe it, you know. It was so lovely. <laughs> you get something like that, but not as good as that. Um, we're, in France, um, yeah. mm. you know, a lot of people have come back from France and said, mainly because they think of the Tour de France, the tradition of that s- cycle racing, and the fact that in all those leading French cafes, right, which are the nearest thing to a decent pub that puts meals on and everything, here, they always had one of their, one cyclist, and they used to support him so he could train full time, all over the country. And, and the guy said, well, when he explained it, he said, well, that's why cyclists, when they're saying in front seat, amazed. The car will slop at the back of your neck, carefully, you know, pass by you.
0: Well, it's a completely different cultural thing. A cyclist is someone to be respected, because if you accidentally clip that guy, there's all that other social thing. That could be. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You just don't. But you have. Um, yeah.
1: In this article I wrote about the big Roads engineers, I said, and. Uh, I think how wonderful it would have been for this little group of engineers that they could sit around the main square in a Dutch city, drink all that Dutch and from next door Belgian beers and all the rest of it, you know, absolutely fantastic. Hi, I'm no, I didn't do testing. Oh, okay. <laughs> testing, testing. Okay. Hi, I'm Susanna Espy. And I'm Lila. And you're listening to 3C <laughs> Three 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 ah.
0: And that was a two-part interview that I did with Alan Parker back in 2013, the late Alan Parker, who passed away on Easter Monday this year. He was awarded a um, Order of Australia. And a list of his achievements—a whole bunch of community work that he did. He was founding member of Bicycle Institute of Victoria, in 1975. President for two years. Research officer for 12. Vice President of Bicycle Federation of Australia, member of the State Government Bicycle uh, Planning Committee for many years, planning work for the Geelong Bicycle Plan and other bike parts in Melbourne. This is going back to the early 70s. He was Acting um, President, Town and Country Plan Association for two years, Vice President, Committee Member member for many years, member of the... uh, Public Transport Users Association for many, many years, and also he was a 3CR announcer as well. He used to present on 3CR for quite a long time, I believe back in the 70s and 80s. And if you can look up his website, altogether pestorg I've got uh, links coming off the Yarabug website if you want to look that up. And if really, if you want to look up two great articles, the one that he um, made mention to in that interview was from Online Opinion, Bicycles, Sustainable Transport Needs, City Infrastructure, and that was from May, 30th of May, 2012. That was a great article. And if you go to his website, there's an absolute cracker of an article called bicycleization And that was published in Chain Reaction in September 1975. That You probably remember that. It sounds familiar. That's the Friends of the Earth publication, which they're still printing for this day or publishing. And it's an absolutely amazing article that talks about integration of cycling and public transport. And again, 1975. It's absolutely incredible article. I'm really pleased to see that Bicycle Network have put up a really good memorial to Alan on their website as well. If you just type in Alan Parker, when do you go to bicyclenetwork.com.au, and it'll come up. And basically, Alan, Arthur, Parker, um, Order of Australia, was a giant of cycling advocacy in Australia Victoria. He was a key founding member of the Bicycle Institute of Victoria, now Bicycle Network, principal and board member for many years. And I'll just uh, read the final uh, sentence. Alan was happy to be described as a ratbag who made things happen. Many of his board members agreed he was determined, determined, passionate and sometimes confronting style and that his knowledge of cycling issues is unmatched and we're riding around today in melbourne with a lot of stuff that he helped either plan build or did the technical stuff for it anyway that's all i've got time for this week on yarrow bicycle user group radio thank you for listening in and yeah up next we should have dirt radio and don't forget to to support 3cr make sure you subscribe or donate and we should have the podcast later on 3cr.org.au and also go to yarrowbug.org forward slash radio for the podcast up next should you should be dirt radio and I'll go out with a little bit of Joan Baez we shall